You know, Jesus had a very powerful message for His disciples just before He went to the cross. And it's a message that I'm sure many of us are very familiar with. We're familiar with the words, we're familiar with the context. But I think it's important to understand the gravity, how important what Jesus was saying really is. It's easy sometimes to become so familiar with something that you overlook how important it is, how essential it is, even for our own life. The words of Jesus were words that I know He wanted to bring comfort, but they were also words that convicted, and they were words that challenged. I don't know that there was anything any more challenging that Jesus said than what we would see here in John chapter 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. But is that easy to do? No. (laughs) Because there are a lot of people in this world. It's just hard to love them. Just to give you a little advice, if somebody just looked at you and smiled, it may be you, okay? Like there there are just a lot of people in this world that that we find it challenging at times to love them the way that we should. The way that we know we would want others to love us. The way that we know Jesus wants us to love. No matter how (laughs) discouraging, no matter how dysfunctional, these words of Jesus are not an suggestion they're not an option they are a command from king jesus as to how we live our life and following these words speaks volumes as to whether or not we really are a follower of jesus just as i have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. Hmm. Now this isn't the only prerequisite to being a Christian. That is love. I mean, there are certainly other things. If, If someone doesn't believe that Jesus is the Christ, if they don't believe that He is the Son of God, If a person has never obeyed the Gospel of Jesus Christ and and surrendered their life to His, they're not a Christian, no matter how loving they may be. But as followers of Jesus, if we are going to be identified as truly being followers of His, then this is the telltale sign. This is the standard that Jesus has set for us. That we will be a people that other people recognize we are followers of His based on how well we love one another. But loving is not a new concept even to the New Testament. If you go all the way back to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18, there it said, "...you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your people." but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So all the way back, the children of Israel from the very beginning of the law given to them by God, 
The idea of being a loving people has been a very important thing. It's been a sign of being a follower of His. So then why did Jesus say He was giving a new commandment? I mean, if the idea of loving one another and of loving your neighbor was in the old law, then why did Jesus say, I'm giving you this new commandment? It wasn't the commandment that was new. It was the standard by which one loves that was new. We go back to our text. He said, the new commandment I give to you, this is verse 34, that you love one another. How? Just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Jesus is saying He's the standard. Now, under the old law, you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you love yourself well, then you probably do a pretty good job of loving other people. But if you're like me, and you struggle sometimes with a rather critical inner voice who is always telling you you don't quite measure up and you're not quite good enough and and you'll never be enough, you know, when we have that critical inner voice, a lot of times as we start listening to it, then we we start to become very critical of other people, don't we? I mean, if I spoke to everyone based on the voice that I so often hear, man, my voice would always be self-righteous and judgmental and cynical. So I need a new standard. Because me, myself, and how I love myself is not a good enough standard to go by. Because I don't love myself well at times. And I doubt I'm alone in that. And so what is the standard that Jesus put before us? Jesus said, I am the standard. You are to love one another as I have loved you. Okay. So then what does that mean? What would that look like if we were truly loving one another the way Christ loves us? I think the first thing we'd see is that we would be a people who would be very close to one another. You know, the one thing that Jesus did not do, He did not stay in heaven and watch everything on earth just kind of unfold before Him, did He? No, John 1.14 tells us that He came to earth, He put on flesh, He dwelt among us. He was very close to His disciples during that three years that He was here on earth. They spent countless hours together living and serving and loving and laughing and and eating and worshiping and praying. I mean, they were a part of each other's everyday life. Jesus knew them and they knew Him. There was a kindred spirit. There was a closeness there. There was a bond that should exist. For us to really love one another the way Christ loves, then we need to be closer to one another. And the thing is, church, that's not just going to happen by coming together for an hour every Sunday and worshiping. This is a wonderful time. This is a necessary time. But the closeness between us It's not going to be formed in these 60 minutes we're here together. 
especially as we come running in late and we go running out as, as quick as we can. <laughs> those bonds aren't able to be formed in those, those precious moments. I was very mindful over the past week or more of our sister Marilyn Gentry. And as I, I prepared her memorial service, one of the things that I, I wanted to bring to attention that meant so much to me was knowing how much time she spent after services just in the hallway or here in the auditorium, just sitting and talking to any and everyone. She was so intentional because she wanted to build relationships with other people. She wanted to ask questions. She wanted to know you. She wanted you to know her. She was a very, very beautiful woman for that. Do you feel connected to Rainbow? Do you, do, you, do you feel like you know more people and you know them better now than you did three years ago? One of the many things that COVID did was it weakened our relationships. By us not being with one another during that time, by us being so... <laughs> afraid of being with one another during those times. These relationships, many that have been a part of us for so long, they slowly began to be deteriorated. And it ought not be that way. But it's what happened. So now what do we do? What do we do moving forward to make sure that our relationships one with another that they are as they should be. And the closeness that could and should exist between us is. I know the natural answer sometimes is to say, but nobody's reached out to me. Nobody has said boo to me. And I get that. And, and I know how discouraging that that can be sometimes. But I also know how important it is for all of us as individuals to take our own accountability for the relationships we do or don't have and to be intentional. To be the person who at times initiates. To be the person who says, hey, I sure would like to get to know you better. So here's what I want you to do for me for just a moment. Just bear with me. I want to encourage you to take out your cell phone just for a couple moments. I know we've gotten in the habit, and it's a good habit of making sure they're turned off and silenced and all that good stuff. But for a moment, I want you to turn your phone on. And I want you to turn the volume up on it. Now I want you to look around this wonderful auditorium, this assembly of some very beautiful faces. And I want you to look around and I want you to find somebody in here that you're about to text. And you're going to text them and all you've got to say is something as simple as, let's get together sometime this week. What day and time works best for you? That's all you have to do. Now I'm about to send a couple. I'm going to encourage you to send them too. And you know the awesome thing is now that you have your volumes turned up, we'll be able to hear these dinging going out through the auditorium, hopefully. Oh man, some of y'all are quick on that text.
You hear all those dinging? Some of y'all are popular. Some of y'all are good texters. Hey, there went mine. <laughs> I like that one. The, the duck, that was a good one. I like that. Now, why do this? Simple. Because if we don't do it now, we'll say that's a really good idea. And then we won't get around to it. <laughs> And so we take this moment just to stop and, and just to invite someone just to reach out to them. <laughs> some of y'all are so creative. Um, <laughs> just to reach out to someone in the auditorium to let them know we love you, we're thinking about you. I want to spend some time with you sometime soon to connect or to reconnect. Because again, if we're going to have the relationship God wants us to have, they're going to be formed in these moments. That's awesome. Thank y'all so much for just uh, going along with that. And now follow through with those appointments that have been set, those lunches, those coffee, whatever it is you want to do. Just be intentional. Getting together one with another so our, our relationships with each other can grow as they're supposed to. Because church isn't a place you go. You know, we, we get that in our mind and we say that sometimes and we start to equate church with the building. We're the church. The people are the church. The church is a family. It's the family of God. And, and it should be a family where relationships are continually being harvested and are growing. I know we all live busy lives. And I know we all have a dozen different things pulling us in a dozen different directions. All of us do. But so did Jesus. And he was still very intentional to spend time with those who were closest to him. So we've got to be more intentional in this so that our relationships one with another can grow. We can share time with each other. Another thing is that if we love one another, we're going to share in one another's pain and struggles. Recently, last Saturday, was our leadership retreat. Uh, it's where our elders and deacons and ministerial staff get together every year to pray and to plan. And one of the exercises that we did that morning was we, we separated into small groups so that we could be just very transparent transparent about our work, about our lives, whatever was going on. I was so blessed uh, by the small group that I was in because I, I found them to be so encouraging, so engaging, so spiritual, so open, so honest. It was absolutely amazing. And, and it reminded me, it reminded me what the Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse 2. Where we're told to bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we do in those moments when we are here for each other. We, we bear one another's burdens. When we share in one another's struggles. When we share in one another's uncertainties. That's what we do in those moments. And those moments are so needed. And we all have those moments of, of uncertainty. So, are we doing that the way we should? Are we stepping up for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and trying to, to bear the load that they're carrying in the moment, whatever that load may be? Do we show up for those who are hurting and those who are struggling? I know, I know sometimes we find ourselves and, and we want to do something and we want to step up for somebody, but we say, I don't know what to say. I just feel so, I feel so uncomfortable sometimes. When, when someone is just unloading their burdens on me, I don't know what to say. Surely somebody else knows what to say better. Nobody knows what to say better. As a matter of fact, I would encourage all of us 
to speak less, not more, when we're trying to help someone. Because sometimes we can unintentionally do more harm than good if we think we have to fix all of their problems. That's not oftentimes what they need. They just need somebody who will listen to them. They need somebody who will be present for them in the moment. Sometimes your presence, just you being here, you being you, you having that listening here and that caring heart, that can really help somebody get through a, an otherwise very down time in their life. And so if, if we're going to be loving one another the way Christ loved us, then we will be a people who are actively bearing one another's burdens. I think we'll also be praying for one another. Jesus regularly prayed for his disciples. Uh, an example of this is in Luke 22, beginning of verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. How awesome is that? To know that Jesus was praying here for Peter that he would remain strong, that his faith would remain strong. How encouraging is it to think that even today, as he intercedes for us, that as we're having those weak moments, how awesome would it be to think that Jesus is there before the very throne of God the Father saying, God, be with them. Keep them strong. Because if there's anything I've figured out, it's that Satan will never stop chasing us. He will never stop attacking us. He will never stop tempting us. He is forever going to be chasing us until he has us. Do we pray for one another? Do, do we pray for those who are on our, our sick list? Do we pray for the church? Do we pray for individual members of the church? I have an idea for you. Sit down starting tomorrow if you don't already do something like this. Sit down, pull out your phone, open up your church directory on your phone, and start at the very top of the list. And each day in your private prayers, pray for the next family here at Rainbow. And if there's something very specific, if you're like, what do I pray for them about? Well, here's an idea. Text and ask them. <laughs> you know, you could just send them a quick text and say, I'm going to be praying for your family tomorrow. Is there anything you would like for me to be praying for you about? And if they say no, that's okay. Just pray that, that God would bless them with his wisdom Pray that, that they would want to know Him more. I mean, surely that's a prayer all of us are in need of. All of us need the wisdom of God. All of us surely want our relationship to be stronger with the Lord. We need to be a people who are praying for each other. We need to be loving one another. It means we'll be serving each other. Last week we saw the example of Jesus washing the feet of His disciples and as we talked about last week, that means we have a responsibility then to follow in the example of Jesus and to serve one another. So if we're going to be a people who are truly loving, we will look for opportunities to serve. We will look for opportunities to help one another. And, and I know there too, sometimes it is so easy for us to say, 
well, listen, I'd be glad to help if somebody would just ask me. And I get that. And I appreciate that. And you know what? At our leadership retreat, that was actually one of the things that Dave Lasseter spoke to all of us about, was the need for us to get better at just asking people for help. Because we all struggle with that sometimes. But listen, even if you're never asked, that doesn't mean you're not needed. And it doesn't mean that your talents aren't needed. Jesus didn't wait for someone to ask him to wash the disciples' feet. He saw they had dirty feet and he washed them. And that should be the example we follow. If we see a need that needs to be met, a need that we can somehow meet, we meet it. Out of love, we do whatever we need to do to serve one another, to help for and to care for one another. If we're going to love one another the way that Christ loves us, then we're going to be fighting for our relationships. No matter how many times that the disciples fell short, in their understanding or even in their actions, Jesus never gave up on them. He knew. He knew Judas was going to betray him. He didn't kick him out of the group. He didn't kick him out of the room. He still ate with Judas. He still washed Judas's feet. Ultimately, he still died for the sins of Judas. Now, when Judas decided to walk out of the room, he let him. Now, does this mean that, that Jesus, just for the sake of relationship, Jesus wouldn't have wanted to rock the boat and, and confront something if something was wrong? No, not at all. Uh, because we also have plenty of examples of Jesus doing just that. Here's just one of those. In Matthew 16 and verse 23, he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Wow. Now you talk about something that may have stung a little bit. He just called Peter Satan. And he said, what are you doing? You're not being a help to the ministry right now. You're not helping me. You're actually being a hindrance to me. And then Peter got up. And he said, you can't talk to me that way. And he stormed off and left the apostles never to be heard from again. Oh, I know. He, he got up and he, he picked up his phone and he said, I know, I'm going to unfriend Jesus on my phone here. No. That's, that's not what happened at all. I think Peter had been loved so well by Jesus that Peter just knew. Even a hard conversation was coming from a place of love. And therefore he was able to understand it, able to accept it, able to move forward from it. I think if we're going to have really good relationships in this life that go beyond the superficial, that go beyond just the surface, we've got to understand that sometimes there, there's going to be some really hard and challenging conversations that are had. But hopefully we too we too through the years have loved one another so well that we understand the motive. That the motive is love even behind those harder conversations. And if you do need to have a harder conversation, a more challenging one, church, do it. Do it face to face. Don't do it on Facebook or any other social media outlet. 
for the cause of Christ, we need to always make sure that when we have differences, whether it be opinions of politics or theology or even lifestyle, that we love somebody enough to have a face-to-face conversation with them and listen to their side, listen to their thoughts, as opposed to being so quick just writing them off because we think they're different than us. Their opinions are different. Jesus died. He died on the cross so that we could be unified. If Jesus was willing to die on the cross, then surely we should be willing to fight for our relationships, fight to maintain these things that are so precious to us. Paul would write, church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2, for he himself is our peace who has made us both and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Again, if Jesus, Jesus were willing to die for us, surely, surely for the glory of God, we should be willing to fight to maintain the relationships we have one with another. May we always love one another as Christ loves us. This morning, I want you to know that I love you. But even more than the love I have for you is the love that God has for you. And I want you to know that you are surrounded by Christians, people that I know are Christians because I have seen their love time and time and time again. They have proven that they're disciples of His. You are surrounded by people this morning who love you. And in just a moment, we're going to sing a song of encouragement. Maybe there's something in your life that you would like for us to be praying for you and with you about. Maybe there's some struggle you're having right now. Maybe you just need this church family to to bear the burden of whatever it is you're carrying today. We can help you if we can serve you, if we can love you in any way. Won't you come as we stand and sing together?